Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. As we've noted in many earlier episodes, safety and respect are the bedrock for healthy relationships. If a relationship lacks those qualities, one or both participants will almost certainly experience fear, which in turn will drive them to take a closed and defensive stance. In this episode, we'll consider how partners can negotiate rules and agreements regarding their conduct so as to maintain feelings of safety and respect in their relationship. As we've observed in prior episodes, healthy relationships entail a lot of negotiation. The partners in a relationship each have desires regarding what they're seeking from their relationship. Those desires can be embodied in the goals that partners set for the relationship, broad goals such as becoming nesting partners or deciding to raise a family, or specific goals such as where to live, what vacation spots are appealing, or what sorts of housing arrangements are favored. Misaligned or conflicting goals can lead to disappointment and dissatisfaction, potentially resulting in sufficient strife to break a relationship. Negotiation is also an important aspect in the daily conduct of a relationship. Each partner may have desires for what activities they'd like to include in their life, both as a couple and as individuals. Since time is a limited commodity, the partners need to discuss and sometimes compromise on what they want to share with each other. The needed compromises are reached through a negotiation process. Effective negotiation is difficult if partners don't know one another well. Of course, that's the case for relationships that have been recently initiated. Negotiation requires that one knows what a partner likes or dislikes, wants or needs. Partners learn those things about each other by interacting with each other over time. As partners come to understand what each values and what's important to each of them, that understanding can be used to guide the negotiation process. For example, it makes little sense for a person to propose goals or make requests that will go counter to things that their partner deeply values. Such a proposal would likely be perceived as a win-lose, in which the proponent would be selfishly pursuing their gain at their partner's expense. In contrast, if a person proposes something that they know is also valued by their partner, there's a much better chance of achieving a mutually acceptable goal or desired situation. Such a proposal might require minor concessions from one or both partners, but neither partner is likely to end up feeling discounted or taken advantage of. The things that partners learn about one another provide a basis for personal boundaries that each partner may set. Boundaries categorize behaviors and their underlying motivation and preferences as being either acceptable or unacceptable to each partner. For example, one member of a couple may deem it acceptable for their partner to be physically expressive with members of immediate family, but not with acquaintances in a social environment. Boundaries need to be discussed and negotiated by the partners in a deeply connected relationship to ensure that both partners feel safe and respected within that relationship. Feeling safe and respected in a relationship requires that one's partner knows and abides by the things that provide one with security. Since none of us are mind readers, that means that the partners in a relationship need to clearly and honestly communicate their safety and respect needs to one another. It's unfair and unrealistic to expect a partner to treat us as we prefer if we don't convey our needs to them. 
Of course, the topic of communication in relationships is a vast terrain to explore. It's the grist for innumerable books about how to maintain healthy relationships. Here, we'll just note a few of the more important and obvious traits of effective communication in relationships. First, effective communication requires honesty and directness. Without those attributes, our needs may not be clearly understood, which may invite our partner to infer what we're asking for. Such inferences can easily go astray, leading to frustration for both partners. Second, it's hard to communicate effectively when our partners are in a very agitated or otherwise emotionally turbulent state. We need to be in a controlled emotional state when we communicate. If either partner is stirred up, it's best to agree on a timeout period to regain control and then to repeat our communication attempt. Third, the tone of our communication is very important. The partners in a relationship presumably care for and respect one another. Such mutual feelings are best reflected by communication that is kind and gentle, rather than argumentative or aggressive. It's much easier to clearly hear and receive messages that are delivered with a tone that doesn't make us defensive. Fourth, deeply connected relationships aren't transactional. They're motivated by genuine caring and a spirit of mutual giving, rather than by a quid pro quo exchange of some sort. Unlike more superficial sorts of relationships, intimate connections require a willingness on the part of both partners to be vulnerable toward one another. That vulnerability is made possible by the trust and the feelings of safety that are shared by the partners in such relationships. And fifth, because deeply connected relationships are based on deep mutual caring, the communication between the partners in such a relationship tends to be other-focused. That is, each partner communicates with the other in a way that is compassionate, receptive, and generous-hearted, rather than self-seeking. Other-focused communication privileges listening over speaking. It embodies an implicit trust that we will be heard, in turn, but after our first making an effort to truly understand what our partner is trying to tell us. There are two categories of tools that are commonly used to ensure that safety and respect are maintained within a closely connected relationship, rules and agreements. It's worth looking at each of these in turn. Early in the course of a relationship, it's not unusual for the partners to establish rules to govern their conduct and obligations toward one another. Young relationships typically haven't yet had time to establish deep trust between partners. Lacking such trust, the partners can gain some sense of control and security in their relationship by defining partner behaviors that stay within the bounds of what each partner can tolerate. As an example, in the swinger world, many couples establish rules regarding how each partner can interact sexually with people outside their own relationship. Kissing others may be considered off-limits, since that act may carry too strong an emotional charge. Rules are also commonplace in polyamorous relationships. In many cases, the stringent rules that apply in a relationship may be relaxed over time, reflecting the growing comfort and knowledge of the partners. As an example, the partners in some relationships may insist on holding unilateral veto rights over some aspects of their partner's behavior, such as not spending extended private time with others. With time and increasing trust, the perceived need for such veto rights may disappear, leading to a more relaxed relationship. As a side note, the notion of holding veto rights over a partner's behavior and choices has many problematic aspects, but that's a topic for another day. In addition to, or in lieu of, rules, relationship partners can establish agreements with one another. Like rules, agreements are intended to set bounds on the behavior of the partners, whether between themselves or between each partner and others outside their relationship. 
while rules are basically set by each person in a relationship and agreed to by their partner, agreements are more collaborative and negotiated rather than unilaterally mandated. Agreements are most commonly found within relatively mature and stable relationships. In such relationships, the partners have come to know one another well, and they have come to trust each other to provide respect and safety. The partners in such relationships have also usually had time to hone their communication and negotiation skills. They thus have both the relationship environment and the tools that are needed in order to jointly craft workable and mutually respectful relationship agreements. Like rules, agreements can and often do evolve over time. That's a good thing since life circumstances change over time and relationships need to adapt to those changes if they're to remain viable and satisfying. Well-designed agreements are an excellent vehicle for safeguarding the safety and respect that lie at the root of a healthy, deeply connected relationship. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors private Facebook group for posts and discussion and the Two Open Doors meetup group for events. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors.